This week on the Push Four Legs podcast, presented by Bear Bells, we have James Smith on the show. And to be honest, we just chat all about him. Three, two, one, live down under, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dan Meek. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bud? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. We've got a, uh, a special guest with us today. Do you want to introduce him, Tom? I can introduce him, no problem. Um, today we have Mr. James Smith, as of uh, kind of online training, everything training fame. Um, yeah, hello, James. Hi, guys. How you doing? Not bad, mate. Not bad. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, very good. It's, it's the evening here. You guys are in the morning and I've managed to dodge a very boozy day in Bondi. Um, there was part of me that was worried that I could be turning up here slow in my words, but <laughs> I fought the good fight and I'm here sipping a glass of water. So I'm ready to go. Wow. That is a, uh, that is commitment. Hashtag fit pro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <don't. laughs> yeah. We just thought we'd, uh, we'd get Mr. Smith on so that we can talk a little bit about his, um, I don't want to call it rise to fame because I don't think I think that's a bit cringe. But um, yeah. certainly the um, coming to fruition, I guess, and to kind of finally get the recognition for some of the good content um, that he's putting out. And um, yeah, we're not going to delve too much into like nutrition and training, but I guess find out a bit more about uh, James and his journey to where he is today. Because I think a lot of people can assume it uh, happens in a week, uh, and that just one of his videos went viral and that's it. So um, yeah, James. So I guess for me, it's just a case of tell us something about James Smith that we don't already know. So it could be right back from day one to now. Um, so I've been personal training for about three years. I've got about 6,000 hours of one-to-one PC kind of under my belt. And if we rewind one year, I was in a budget gym in Bracknell, which not many people even know of. I was servicing personal training and, and not a lot else. Um, actually, about two days ago and one year, I was so excited that I hosted a workshop that three people came to. They paid me £40 for the hour, and for the first time ever, I'd got three figures for an hour's work, and that to me was like I'd made it. You know, um, this time last year, I had about 2,400 followers on Facebook. I I didn't even have an Instagram. I didn't even create that until about November. And, you know, it's been a a bit of a crazy year, even a bit of a wild six months. And, you know, it's... I decided to move to Australia in October last year. And if I look at a graph of my social media over the last three years, that's it's really when the peak kind of began. Um, and, you know, I moved into more of an online trainer position and it was never about making money. It was about the fact that when I decided to come to Australia, I, I had no savings, you know, I didn't have um, any income. You know, as a four walls personal trainer, you, you turn up to work, you get paid for your hours, you go on holiday, you don't earn any money. I mean, even putting my clients onto other trainers meant that I'd make 10, 20% at most. It, it was, wasn't really viable. And, you know, I, I said to my existing clients and people that I've been communicating to, look, I'm, I'm going to go traveling. Would you be interested in, in hiring me as an online trainer? And, you know, things kind of picked up from there. Um, you know, I mean, 10 clients, at 50 pounds a week. It was enough to stop my bank account declining too quick. But when you're sailing the Sundays. And straight arm in cans aside, that that money quickly deteriorates. <laughs> and um, you know, before before long, I was in 
I was in Sydney. I was in. I came to Bondi. Decided this was the place for me to live. And December came back home again. Swapped over visas and came back to be a four balls personal trainer, as I'd call it, in Sydney. That that was the goal. And you know things didn't quite work out how I planned, if I'm honest. And I mean now I'm kind of in this position here. But do you want me to kind of delve into that? Or? Um, it's, it's interesting speaking from where you've come with your kind of four walls PT. Would you say when, because obviously you've done one to one a hell of a bit, like six thousand hours is is no slouch. And would you say that's prepared you for trying to make for that step on when you went online? Would you say you were just kind of coaching that coaching one to one has prepared you for going online? Yeah, you know the most of what I stand for today, I didn't used to stand for. I mean, there are a lot of concepts that. I slate now, but I was once a believer in them. And, you know, unless you're on the floor communicating with people, you know, when I started as a trainer, I had no empathy. I was that guy eating chicken and broccoli saying to my clients, why aren't you eating chicken and broccoli? And, you know, having those face-to-face discussions, understanding that people are not like you, people are not programmed the same way as you, uh, seeing how other personal trainers do their stuff, basic anatomy, um, you know, experience, you know, it, it was great for me not to learn a lot and be this educator or, you know, great PT. It was great for me to iron out a lot of mistakes early on. You know, I had people doing bro splits, you know, I had people on rigid macros. I had, you know, in some scenarios, a lack of empathy towards clients. And looking back now, every client I didn't get results with in my early years, I would have said it's their fault. They didn't want it hard enough. They weren't willing to change. And then as I hit kind of my third year, I started realizing, hold on, James, you were implementing the wrong approach with the wrong people. So I wouldn't say that it made me some like industry educator or someone who was in a position to have the best online PT program. It meant that I'd learned enough mistakes to avoid hiccups very early on when, you know, you get signals from clients like, how are your calories going? I didn't hit them. And in the onset, James of 1,000 hours would be doing, why didn't you hit them? Why didn't you hit them? You should be hitting them. James of three years of PT was like, okay, tell me why. What can we do to meet halfway? What can we do to, you know, avoid the hiccups of you not hitting your calories? So, you know, those those hours of, of training were more so that I could understand people and understand real problems that, you know, the overweight populations go through because it wasn't as simple as just eat less, move more. I think that comes across as well in your in your videos, um, and the reason I think they they go so well is that you you know who you're speaking to, and it comes across. You just know straight away as soon as you start watching it within the first couple of minutes. You're kind of like right. I straight away you've made something quite complex, quite simple, and that's what I guess you know. Tom still does one to one training. I don't. I'm just online. But again, having that background, it helps you then do it online and go. Actually, no, this is really really simple. You're just really overcomplicating it, and it sounds fancy and it sounds clever, but it's really not. It's a case of getting people to adhere to something you want them to do. Um, and I think having that 6,000 hours, it almost like shows in, in what you do now. You can see that you've trained people and that you understand the people that you're trying to talk to. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, you know, little things when people go, oh, my back hurts. And they're thinking, okay, you know, maybe I've got a slip disc. I'm, I'm, my first question is, do you sit down a lot? You know, people struggle to squat all right, you probably wear high heels, you know, all the things that you have in the gym. Um, and yeah, it, it also, you know, I found a lot of, a lot of time in my gym, I realized that 90% of my knowledge would only be used with 10% of the people I talked to. And, you know, 10% of my knowledge would be used with the other 90. And I found that clients would listen to you when you broke down things simply. And 
you know, it only occurred to me earlier on this year kind of what I was good at. I put a list together of my 10 idols in the industry. And I always used to look up to them as idols and be like, fuck, these guys. Are... Can I swear, by the way? Yeah, yeah, go, go for it. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> I, just think, I, I, just I, don't, think... I don't think we'd have got you on. <laughs> you, might have a, you might have a good beat. And I looked up at these idols. And, you know, I used to think these guys are leaner. These guys are bigger. These guys are more experienced. These guys have done more PT. And it was only earlier on this year that I thought not many of them can communicate with normal people quite the way I did on the floor. And that was really when I found out what my niche was, you know, it, I was going to be the middleman. I was going to be, here's the complex information. Here's where you are. Let me go in the middle and, and help break it up. And, and again, something I haven't really told people about is I used to have learning difficulties when I was younger. And that is how I do things. Uh, any of my articles that, or, or marketing emails that you read are center aligned and they're spaced out into sentences because I find that easier to read. And I also find it easier to write and people I've often picked apart the way I write articles and I said, look, like this is how I understand things easier. You know, growing up, found it very difficult to pick up things in school. And, you know, I, I realized I wasn't going to be the leanest, the biggest, the most experienced. I was going to be this guy who was in the middle ground because I'm not saying that everyone who's overweight is stupid. I'm just saying that someone needs to simplify things into black and white. And that's where I kind of realized where i sat in the industry and i think having having that certain kind of position of identity really helped me carve a path in which i'm on now so interestingly then who who were those people you look up to because that's one of the questions i had down so who maybe <laughs> maybe pick like five of them that maybe were before and maybe five like now because i wanted to kind of go who you look up to now but who were who was just pick five of them i know my list off by heart so uh, my first one was alex ferentino's I played rugby against him. So I kind of saw him as a bit of a peer. I was like, this guy, similar guy to me, you know, not a six-pack abs PT, you know, top stays on PT. Uh, he won't mind me saying that. And I thought, you know, me and him, rugby players, you know, in the industry, he was at 12K and I thought he, he was first on my list. And a lot of influencers such as Phil Graham, Mark Coles, who to me, you know, I learned a great deal from uh, through podcasts, Mark Cole's great YouTube channel really helped me understand anatomy. Um, moving up the list, we had Ben Kuma, one of the first people in the industry I started listening to uh, podcasts. Um, Jordan Syatt, uh, you know, across the pond. His content is or was the only one that was rivaling me. He was my closest guy as far as engagement. And I would make it a weekly target to stay on top of him. And it, I'd use people like him to inspire myself to, you know, stay on top of things then i would kind of say there was a bit of a gap after kuma and then the big dogs in the industry for me were phil Lerney and jamie alderton as far as 100k uh influencers guys in the industry that even you know personal trainers would look to and they were kind of the guys that you know three months ago i would say these guys are at the top you know i set this is a funny one i i wrote down my goals for the year in february and I wrote down a lifetime target, a lifetime target of 100,000 followers. So in the whole entirety of me being a personal trainer, my goal was before I stepped down from any form of PT to have 100K. And, you know, seeing those guys there, that was kind of where I set the targets. And those those guys still now are in a list and I still look at it most days. Um, and yeah, it, I heard a saying where they say, work until your idols become your rivals. And that, really rang true for me in the last few years uh, you know it stopped looking up at them what can i do to 
become maybe peers in, in that kind of sense at some point. Yeah. yeah, I guess like uh, we have slightly different names on our list, um, but then a few names that you have that we don't and then vice versa, I'm sure. But I guess that seats their own right, Dan, is part of the evolution. Cool. And then in terms of, I guess, now as things have evolved since since you started becoming more popular, it has has that list potentially changed to more business minded people or is there is there are there people higher up in the world that even further than that maybe not even in this industry that you look up to and go right in terms of maybe not entrepreneurship that's probably the wrong word but is there anything is anyone now further ahead in your sites thinking more longer term um not really you know i've i've got i've got the list there um Mm -hmm. you know you know there's nothing really above 100k because what i feel could could happen and what i don't want to happen is to become too focused on that followers Mm. kind of number it, it was earlier on i used it as a metric of success and motivation however you know i'm now pipping people that i deem a better coach than me you know i'm, I'm not afraid to say that in some respects with more knowledge and i now realize that i can't i can't use that it's more of with the following i have what can i do to now you know manage educate um you know and get involved with them i think that as far as motivation and drivers i'm kind of looking as to not how many numbers can i get i'm you know one thing that I definitely don't want is to get business because of how many followers I have or winning a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. I would quite like to be selected on merit. And I suppose in the last two months, my videos are now moving more educative, less jovial, because I don't want to be seen as... I want to be seen as entertaining because, fuck, this industry can be so dry. <laughs> but I, I also want someone to go, not just going, ah, oh, this guy's fucking funny. I want them to go... This guy knows what he's talking about, but also he, it's pleasurable to watch his lives or whatever it is, you know. So um, I'm not really looking any further than that as far as, you know, people in that. The, the guys at the top of the list are at the top of the list. And mm. we'll, see what hap- we'll see what happens when we get on. <laughs> cool. With that, like, um, obviously you, you delve into with nutrition and, I guess, business now. And obviously you've been PT, so exercise technique and exercise development is paramount especially with the uh your academy rising up now would you where where would you kind of pin yourself uh in terms of so obviously i'm biomechanics based dan's nutrition based that's where we probably lay our hat where we'd be would you say you're working around all kind of three or you then pin your hat on one of them that you you know your shit at it's difficult you know um it's it's something where I would like to host as many answers as I can. Uh, yeah. In the academy, I'm I'm actually selecting other coaches to. I've got a strength conditioning coach doing uh, some lifts. You know, I've got pre postnatal chick doing stuff for me. Where quite simply, I cannot, nor do I want to, kind of deliver that kind of content. As far as nutrition, you know, it's something that I'm looking for. I'm not a solution. What I'd say is I'm kind of, in a, in essence, a bit of a host. And there are people I trust. There are people I don't trust. And quite early on, you can tell if someone knows their stuff. And I'm actually looking to be the front man who gains people's trust because people know that, you know, I've got a certain amount of integrity to my brand. And then I can say, hey, look, this person knows their stuff. They're going to do a module on this. They're going to do a module on that. I mean, I can't say or neither do I ever state that I'm right about everything, nor am I, you know, the best person to go to for nutrition, the best person to go to for this. I know what I know. And, and in essence, one thing that, I feel a lot of people do is they're so worried to get criticized, so worried to be wrong. I have no problem with being wrong. And another reason that, you know, I joined the MNU and I'm and I'm kind of excited for the prospect of being wrong because, 
you know, learning something, learning that I'm wrong is something I actually quite like. And, you know, if people or one of yourselves was to, you know, slip in, slide into my DMs and be like, James, look, mate, you were, you were instructing the single leg hip thrust. You did this. It was incorrect. I can tell you it was this. I'd be like, thank you so much. You know, I'd go edit the video. And over the next year, I will celebrate every time I've been wrong with content. And, you know, as far as even a PR explosion, hey, guys, here's a video of three things that I was fundamentally wrong about. I'll tell you what I used to believe. Now I'll tell you what I do believe. You know, even being wrong about things, I'm going to turn into a positive. And, you know, it, it's something that I'm, I'm not bothered. I can't be perfect. You know, 6,000 hours isn't enough. Three years isn't enough. Um, you know, but I'm not making that promise to people. I'm saying, look, you fundamentally have issues. I have solutions, you know, that I have beliefs in. I'm, I'm not saying, hey, guys, I know everything. Come here. You know, mm. that's, that's not what it's about. Um, and, you know, yes, yeah, so that's, that's really where I stand. I wouldn't say this is what I specialize in. I suppose what I specialize in is being real, <laughs> you know, um, you know, not nutrition, not training, just being myself. No, definitely. I think, um, I think being wrong and, and making mistakes is exactly why you are where you are. If you hadn't made those mistakes and you were just constantly thinking, Oh, you know, your stuff, then you probably wouldn't be at that point where, you know, you're, you're working harder at things and like you're getting up earlier, you're, you're working later and you're making sure that you rectify those things. And that's why you have that work. I think that's get, that's kind of got you to where you are. Um, the next question kind of leads on from that really, I guess, is to what is the, what's the long-term vision for your business? Like where, what is, is there like this long-term plan or is it just the case of at the moment year by year or? So, at the moment, uh, I closed the door on online PT. I, I discontinued that this week. Uh, you know, as far as a product, online PT is great. And I think there's there's scope for, you know, for what someone, I'm sure you're aware, for what someone pays you in a week, you can give them or prescribe them three training sessions. You can support them on five days that they need it. You can let them go do the training. And you can also be that coach where, hey, I struggled with this, blah, 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 you know, and you can communicate with them. With a face-to-face PT, of course, there's a benefit of being there, accountability, you know, someone to talk to as well. But, you know, both of them have their kind of skill sets. And if I'm completely honest, it got to a point where with servicing personal training, there was an issue with my belief in what I was doing. You know, I was helping people, but I was by no means the best. At the end of the day, it's macros, it's flexible dieting. And a lot of what I was doing was actually counseling people. And I was talking to people. I was saying, hey, you skipped the gym twice this week. You've told me that. What's going on with your life? You know, I'm spending most of my time on WhatsApp, just chatting to people. God bless WhatsApp for desktop. Any trainers listening, <laughs> yeah. get yourself WhatsApp for desktop. And I very soon hit a glass ceiling of, you know, 60 online clients where, you know, I was on my laptop all day. I was chatting to them all. And, you know, with this glass ceiling, I was, I was kind of maxing out a little bit. And then social life took a hit. I wasn't going out on weekends because I'm very conscious. If someone's got an issue, I want to reply to them, maybe some underlying OCD. So I thought, how can I help more people? You know, 40,000 followers, I'm helping, you know, 0.1%. I'm not really serving too many of, of my following. So I thought about an idea of opening an academy. And, you know, you look at Phil Learney, Pull more membership-based websites servicing a lot of people at the same time, you know, giving them the coaching they need, giving them a bit more support. I thought to myself, how can I help more people? I can't do it in an online training capacity. So I created, you know, the academy because 
my inbox, my Gmail, my personal Facebook, you know, they're all the same questions. I'm repeating myself over and over again. I thought, how about I host all the answers in one place? Video base is kind of my niche. You know, I love using a whiteboard, love getting the pen out. And I thought, okay, I'm going to host all this. And I spoke to, uh, you know, a tech guy. I said, look, I want to do this, want to do that, want to do this. He was like, yeah, great idea. And I thought, actually, you know, there's there's a gap in the industry. No one's really teaching someone how to use my fitness pal. No one's teaching someone if it fits your macros versus flexible dieting. No one's telling people about why there's differences between calorie calculators. No one's, especially, you know, an online PT. How many times I tell someone how to create a training program? Never, because they would stop using me as an online coach. And there was always that fear that if I taught everyone what they needed to know, they would then go. Then I would be left without business and I'd be stranded in Australia. Then I'd be moving home with my parents. So I thought, okay. <laughs> Let's create the academy um, and let's put everything I have in there. And, you know, people have joined and they go, how long shall I be in here? And I've said to them, well, I want you to be in here forever. I want to add so much value, so much content, so much knowledge and shit that next year I'll be putting in stuff I don't know now. And again, it allowed me to free up my diary. So now I've signed up to the, uh, you know, Martin McDonald's course. And now the idea is that I host the academy and I spend more time developing my knowledge and less time servicing online PT, less time on WhatsApp. Because to be frank, when you've got 60 online clients, I haven't done any continual personal development in six months. The balance isn't there. So as far as long-term goals is to put my head back into educating myself, into continual personal development, host and manage an academy and share everything I learn with these people. And, you know, as far as longevity, things like that, this could go on for years. And like I said before, when I say educator, people are like, oh, how many degrees has he got? I haven't got a degree. I've only got four GCSEs, for God's sake. But, you know, it's... <laughs> and a B-Tech. Don't forget the B-Tech. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So all, all I do now is, as of this week, I am full-time running that academy. And I have a lot more belief in it. I have a lot more kind of integrity into what I'm doing as a trainer. And the people joining it, I'm not taking on people that need undulating periodization. I'm taking on general pop who need the simplistics. And, you know, I said to anyone that people go, I don't know if this is right for me. I'm like, hey, join. If it's not right for you, I'll delete your account and send your money back. You know, I'm, I'm not doing this as far as, you know, a scheme to suck people into a product that's not good or anything like that. For once, I actually fully believe in a product that I manage. Do you feel that you'd, have like an increased level of responsibility now by doing that or did not really factor into to your thoughts yes and yes and no um the idea is that as far as the supporting concept what i want to roll out and what i am rolling out now is it's not just going to be me running this i'm going to bring in like-minded like-minded coaches with similar ethics similar morals and similar visions of what way people should go and the idea is that me and a select group of coaches help these people on whatever basis they need, whether it's personal, whether it's, you know, can you take a look at my training program? Yeah, sure, you know, and and build this hub of people that we, we can help manage. And every single person that's cancelled their subscription in the first three weeks, I've reached out to personally and I've emailed them and I've said, hey, look, I'm so keen on making this good. Can you please let me know why it is that you've left? You know, it's as far as responsibility, yes. I feel like uh, feel like I have like a, a baby. I wake up. I'm I'm petrified to get drunk at the moment because I feel like I could be knocked out of the rhythm of you know <laughs> creating content. I don't want to wake up hungover and go. I can't be asked to make a video today. So um, 
yeah, yes and no. But instead of having 60 people paying me a significant amount of money, they were paying me 65 pounds a week. I felt the obligation to serve them was more of a stress, you know, like uh, I was, I would look and I was replying to people on, on WhatsApp, um, you know, and hold on. I've just realized that my housemates are locked out. I've got the key. <laughs> sorry. 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 Listeners. Sorry. Right. Podcast. I can, all right. Here we go. This is what you do when you're recording live. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, all right, guys. All right. They're probably thinking, oh, let me check the doors unlocked. We left. They were like, have you got the key? I was like, yeah, I've got the key. And then didn't realize I, I ran back from the gym. So I, I, I got the timing wrong. You know, math isn't my strong point. It wasn't on the GCSEs, nor was it the BTEC. So, um, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, sweet. I've got loads of time for the podcast. And then one of my friends in the gym was like, no, 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 you've got your timing wrong. That's why I message you, boys. All right, back to the questions, back to the questions. You got a question for him, Tom? Yes, go. to keep going. <laughs> Sorry, um, I think dip dip out of like the businessy kind of side at the moment. Um, in terms of your personal training, because something that I know our listeners always want to know is what me and Dan are usually doing gym wise or competing wise or anything that we're doing. What what? How do you train? What's what's going through your process at the moment? Um. So, I. I feel like I was in best shape before I ever became a PT. You know, in your 20s, you have that keen phase where you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to go out and ruin, you know, my levels of muscle protein synthesis the next day. You know, you're getting keen. You're like, I've just discovered what macros are. So I had that and that really fell into the time I became a PT. You know, I found it easier to adhere to dieting then. Then you get into the realm of fitness. You're like, oh God. And one thing I've always had difficulty with was restricting calories. So I got into bodybuilding a bit um you know never to compete it was mostly probably you know towards insecurities if i'm honest i was i was always a bit fat as a kid um so did bodybuilding for a bit never really got lean whilst doing it i was always in like a bulking phase um and while whilst playing rugby and then it got to a point where you know a few years ago i was playing sevens and people were like bro you you can't run you know i was about 106 kg they were like you what are you doing with yourself? And, you know, I was out of breath. I was like, oh. Um, so I did that for a bit and then I got a little bit leaner and then I actually got very bored. And, you know, when I was accruing that 6,000 hours, there was one year where I was doing, I thought it was a competition to see who could do the most PT in a week. You know, it was doing 40 hours and one-to-one, you know, seven in the morning till eight at night, whatever. And, you know, I became quite sick of training. You know, after spending all day training people the last thing i wanted to do was spend more time in the gym training myself um and i went through a phase of doing crossfit which i used to hate i used to i used to slam crossfit you know i i, I didn't really know much about it but we had this one dude who'd come in at 6 a.m headband wrist straps you know and he'd be doing his snatch complex and dropping the bar although he was only lifting 45 and eight months later he was still lifting 45 great progressive overload bro. and he would do it he'd drop the bar when he could easily have just lowered the bar eccentrically and he'd do his burpees over it and i thought fuck this guy that was what my first introduction to crossfit was then um you know i had a client come in or actually she texted me saying she couldn't come in she went for a pb deadlift with a pt at crossfit the night before he made her do a weight she didn't want she can't train i was out of money i was like fuck crossfit this is the worst thing in the world you know i was like but then I was dating this chick. Oh my God, the rig on her. It's unbelievable, the body she had. And I was like, what, what are you doing with yourself? She was like, yeah, I do CrossFit. I was like, nah, bloody hell, can't do this. And she was like, look, just come along for one. Went to one and I loved it. I loved it. You know, 
turn up somewhere. No one knew I was a PT. Um, didn't have to do any programming. Got told what to do. Actually incorporated some front rack into my programming. And, you know, it was it was good. It was, you know, sense community. I was looking forward to seeing everyone. So I did CrossFit for a few months. And, you know, I really enjoyed that. Coming to Australia, I was a bit leaner. And then the Sydney Stone. Although Sydney is, is a good place, it's too good. You know, coffee, banana bread, protein balls, which do not contain much protein. They're more carbs and fat than anything. <laughs> and, um, you know, at the moment, training for me is... There's a there's an element of lack of direction, which is probably why there's a lack of results. And in the last, I've lost a couple of kilograms since Croatia. Um, I'm actually getting stuff back on track, but you know, I'm kind of not lost, but there's nothing I'm really working towards. I know a lot of people work towards competing. Uh, you know, for me, never been the one. The whole restriction of calories thing, like I said, I, I panic if I miss a meal, let alone you know, dieting hard for a lot, a long period of time and. At the moment, you know, I, I train for enjoyment. I train because I enjoy it. Um, you know, I've, I wrote my own program for the first time in three, four, four months. And, you know, now I'm just doing that, enjoying seeing progressive overload. I'm eating as well as I can, training as often as I can. But, you know, I've, I've never... With what people... Everyone's got a different idea of what fitness is, of, you know, what a physique is. And for me, as long as I can fill a T-shirt and get a compliment about my shoulders and arms and not be worried about taking my top off, I'm happy with that. And, you know, in Croatia, it was quite evident that my mates were more ripped than me. I was like, yeah, let's, let's, com let's compare bank account slips if you really want. Like, you, know, it, you know, for me, it's not a competition to use the leanest. And as long as I'm happy with my physique, I'm happy. And, you know, I think a lot of the time people go, what the hell? How's this guy got more clients than me? You know, it's, um, you know, Dexa says I'm 11, 11%. I took two of them and I'm not even, I'm, I can't, Dexa's wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So at the moment, you know, there's, there's no, there's no real direction with it, but I'm enjoying it. You know, to me, that's what's important. That's cool. Awesome, man. Um, if there was, um, so the most common question that you get DM'd now, and you're gonna literally answer it for the last time, what is it? Oh, I tell you what, hit a few thousand followers and those DMs change. You get women, <laughs> you get women, and I'm like, look, I've been on your Insta. You're married. Only <laughs> 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 no, really joking, kind of. Um, and uh, no, you know what? Um, a lot of the time it is to do with how do I determine how many calories I should be eating or along with that, hi James, this calculator says this, this calculator says this. And one thing that I hate in the industry is that people don't understand that if you give people too many options, they'll pick none. You know, if you go to a good landing page, a good marketing page, you do an email marketing shot, you want one call to action if you want people to really do it. Because if you give people too many op options, they won't do any. And this is why, I wish as an industry we were closer aligned with our message because we would get more business. People think that shouting different messages is going to bring people closer. You know, fuck, people that love the ketogenic diet think that standing to the side going, hey, it's not calories. You know, really what you're doing is you're giving people another option and another reason to pick none. So, you know, with the calorie calculator thing, again, that was one of my, it was the first module I put in the academy. How should, how do you determine how much you should be eating? Because people don't know. And when they do look, they get so many different answers. So that would be the main one, yeah. Yeah. Would you say, so leading on from that and within the fitness industry, health industry, what 
on skewing negative, what do you despise about it? It would be transparency. So, um, good friend of mine, I used to look at his Instagram and I used to think to myself, how is this guy lifting that and being that lean? How is he leaning that far around? How is I, his performance I that thought good? you were going to say Harvey Lawton then. Definitely not Harvey Lawton. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. And I, I met him and it was a hot day and he didn't take his top off. And I was like, what, mate, you're... I actually said to him, you're not allowed to take your top off when I meet you because I thought he'd show me up so much. And I took my top off, 11%, probably more like 19. Dex is wrong. And, you know, he, he kept his on. And I was like, mate, you're, you're jacked. And he was like, no, I'm not. And... He was rotating Instagram pictures. And I said, tell me some more about that. And he told me that one day on holiday, he wore the same pair, of, he wore three, four different pairs of swim shorts and to get more photos, to get more photos of how lean he was. And I was like, fucking hell, mate. Your content is shit on social media. You've just told me a powerful thing that you could use to for once have a middle ground with your fucking audience. And you haven't told anyone. I was like, if you would express or be more transparent about how much you're trying to skew the image of how you look, you would have people actually having an inkling of interest and respect with what you're about. And, you know, I was misled. And this is happening everywhere. And with this, people in the industry especially are letting their own insecurities skew the fucking visions of the people that are soon to be prospects. And I, it annoys me. You know, when I have problems, when I get fat, I tell people, you know, because you're actually making yourself be more human. You're actually making yourself be more relatable. And, you know, if people would just fucking be more real with that and more transparent, it wouldn't cellulite. I mean, most women have cellulite, yet we haven't seen any of it on Instagram or in a fitness magazine ever. You know, something like that. So, you know, we're just making people feel shit all the time. And that really annoys me. Like you can tell, I'm sure. Um, you know, because people are alienated. We need to, as an industry, get closer to our prospects, to the people we need to help, not distance ourselves with fucking camera trickery, Instagram filters or apps that give you a better shoulder-to-waist fucking ratio, you know? Yeah, I, I, I totally concur. I think the transparency thing, I don't think, uh, well, I've never bothered getting that lean, so <laughs> there's never been yeah, a point. Uh, <laughs> but do it for the clients. I'm doing it for them. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I lead into more training, but the, yeah, it's just, I we've openly said we've made mistakes on this podcast. Hell, we've done fucking 80 ep episodes, and the chances are the first 10 were wank, and we've learned from that and we've, we've started, I know Dan, um, obviously you do a hell of a lot more Instagram stories and you, but you still compete or do like video shoots. But, um, yeah, it's just, it is annoying that when people will have that kind of wall to stand behind and never let them basically their clients that they're trying to buy into them yet. They're not actually seeing the real them. Um, if you go, know I mean, but one of my yeah. most popular posts, like, I don't know, a couple of months ago now, like we've joked on the podcast like recently, last few months, but I just didn't go to the gym for about four weeks. I was like, I couldn't be fucking bothered, sick of it. And like one of my most popular posts was when I was like, I'm so demotivated, I could not give a shit right now. And it was like, people were like, oh, that's so great to hear. And I'm like, well, you can't be like super motivated all year round. And it's like, I'm slowly getting it back. But even now, I'm like, to be honest, it's like I'm just going and the weights I'm lifting are nowhere near what I was before. Don't feel particularly brilliant, but 
you've got to do it. Like they're the times that you go. Sometimes it's like, look, I'm not going to go six times a week this week. I'm just going to go three, and that's okay. Yeah, um, exactly. And you know what? The amount of uh, so when I was in Croatia, I was going live drinking tequila at lunchtime. You know, straight arm in beers, things like that. And people are like, oh my god, this person gets boozed. Of course he gets boozed. I put on my story my housemate jumping through a coffee table in a pair of speedos. You know, like you know. <laughs> We, we as in well, the industry certainly likes to portray they're perfect and very much from it, you know, and what people don't understand is it's very important for people to have a relationship towards you. And, you know, if you people know you when you when you chat and shit, and, you know, I tell people when I'm hungover, you know, I come live. And if I tell people I go, guys, I got fucking hammered last night. Don't remember anything. They're like, fair play. He's still come on live in the morning. You know, you're you're actually bringing yourself closer to people you're working with and you know, if, if you think about the people you surround yourself, usually it's like-minded people and it's not much different when someone looks to employ a trainer. Absolutely. Yeah. They're buying into your, basically that's as far as I'm concerned, the Instagram stuff that we do and the Instagram stories is trying to buy into your personality. It's, it's a way to reach the potential clientele and they're then a buy-in because they, Oh, I've been following you for a year and I quite, I, I feel like I know you and that's half the reason why I'm sure, well, pretty much the whole reason why we do most of our social media as personal trainers is to try and get people to buy our product and buy into ourselves. Um, otherwise, we don't make any money, right? And we can't live. And we can't keep fucking doing social media off the back of it. So, totally agree, man. That's all good. Right, one, I got one more question before we get into the really light-hearted shit because um, <laughs> it's been quite heavy at the moment. But um, I think people would want to know or want to hear from you, James, I guess, is at what point did things take off? Um, so I know before the show we started talking about you, um, you know, as a trainer, the things you were doing um, that you just ground out and were just doing constantly until things kind of took off. So, what is it that you were doing, and then at what point did you notice? Like obviously, you mentioned already that when you went to Australia, things kind of went. But at what point did you notice and go, "Hang on, th- shit's getting real now. Like this is something." So, um, in December, I came home. I flew back on Christmas Eve to keep my mum happy. You know, she said, you can go to Australia, come back on Christmas Eve. When I came back, I decided, I said, look, I'm, I'm going to move back to Australia. I had a meeting with a few gyms and I actually secured a position within a franchise. PT is a bit different here and pretty much the franchise is going to look after me, take a cut of my paycheck and help me do some personal development. Uh, and then came home, sold my car and I took a big loss on my car. I'd only had it a year and I remember actually calling my mum being like, look, can you come pick me up? And I was in a position where... I had to ask my mum to take me to the bank to pay in the change from my uh, cigarette bit. And then I flew back to Australia with Air China. I had an 11-hour stop-off in Beijing. Uh, and I lived in I lived in a hostel for three weeks when I first got back here because I was quite simply didn't have any money. And funnily enough, we're, we're planning what we're doing for New Year's Eve. And my housemate said to me, what, what did you do last year? And I said, I stayed at home. I couldn't afford to go out. I, I honestly couldn't afford to even go to the pub i was i was skin i'd not only been traveling for a long time i lost 1500 quid on my car as well like i said I, I didn't have any savings but i always had this job kind of lined up in sydney to start in a gym and you know you give me four walls and an empty floor i can go build a business kind of thing you know no matter how hard up i am so then in january i was supposed to start third week of jan and getting my papers converted from you know, UK qualifications to Australian qualifications got delayed, didn't get it back in time, missed the cutoff, and they said, you're not starting till February. I thought to myself, shit, I've, I've got another month in Oz 
I rushed to come back here when I was living at home for free, having meals cooked and my mum looking after me. So now living in a hostel in Sydney, which isn't cheap, I was like, shit, I'm, I'm pretty fucked. And so January, we're talking third, fourth week of January, I was inquiring to do bar work. So, you know, 4,000 followers on PT. I said to my friends, I'm going to have to do this course to be able to get bar work to float, being able to juggle until PT starts. So I actually ended up, you know, hitting my online a little bit harder. I actually spoke to my online clients and asked for referrals, built up my business a bit. And I was living hand to mouth. Again, I, I won't lie about that. Um, my mates still give me shit on a couple of nights out that when it was my round, I said I had to go home. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, we're talking February and I started working in a gym in, in Sydney and things actually didn't work out. So the franchise I got into bed with, I didn't realize it rubbed people up the wrong way that I walked straight into a personal training role in this gym. Everyone else in this gym had to do their time as a, what's called a level one, like a gym instructor there to clean machines, work on reception, tidy the gym. And I kind of walked in and, and secured this position. So I ended up starting work in a gym where no one would talk to me, 31 personal trainers and only one of them introduced themselves to me. So day one, I'm skin. I'm in the gym at 6am trying to build a business. I'm getting a tough time with other trainers you know, I managed to secure a few clients. And, and in this gym, when you've got 31 trainers, there's now the point that I'm starting to prospect with people who are with other trainers. And a lot of these trainers would come into the PT room and go, don't fucking talk to my clients. And that would be the end of the conversation. So I'm in Sydney, I'm skin, I'm moving into a flat with two of my mates, two of my best mates from home. And even got to a point where in February, I had to call my dad and, and be like, dad, I the boys have bought a barbecue and a sofa and, and I've got no money and I need to put money down for a bond. So we're talking Feb. I had to, at 27 years old, ask my dad for a loan, which fucking sucks. Like, it fucking sucks. That resonated with me quite hard. That was a phone call that was very difficult to have. And, you know, went in the gym, really tried to build a business. And my likes creeped up a, a certain amount. And I actually remember the, exactly the day. It was in March. I think it was March 9th. I was sat in a restaurant with my laptop, 2011 MacBook, and I had my head in my hands and my two housemates said, how's Worksmiths? And I went, I'm fucking hating life. That is exactly what I said to them. And on the way, I decided not to go back to work. And on the way home, I actually, it sounds like a fucking sob story. I bought, uh, I bought a tripod and a whiteboard and some pens. And I thought to myself, I'm going to have to fucking put out some good content because I need some online clients because I fucking hate this gym. And... So I went home and I actually only went into the gym in the mornings. I only ever got up to having four clients. That was it. I saw most of them twice a week, one of them three times a week. I never did more than 10 hours PT in Sydney. Went back, started putting out this content and I started kind of sifting around for new content, new things I could learn. So I listened to a lot of podcasts. I started converting those podcasts into visual content. Um, a lot of what I did as well was live videos because I didn't have a laptop that I could edit with. Uh, I didn't have a camera, nor could I afford a camera. All I had was my iPhone and a tripod. And the quality of uploading wasn't good enough, so I started this whole live video thing, purely because I couldn't edit videos. I couldn't upload them. And the likes started to creep up a bit. And business started to creep up a bit. And it was more the case that I had to throw everything I had at growing my online business, or I was going home to the UK. And when you're cornered like that, I don't think I've ever been cornered like that before in my life. I was incredibly uh, disappointed with the fact I had to borrow money off my dad. Like, 
so those two drivers really motivated me to to literally throw everything i had at online pt and, and and the growth came and i think people could see it like i never slept in i didn't go out if i did go out i, I was up i was chatting all day to my clients ensuring they were happy being proactive i was you know i was so fucking tired i can't tell you i had a twitch in my eye for the last two months from staring at a fucking screen um and like there are days that i'd come home i'd be so fucked and i'd be i'd be there i'd be like james grab the reason i wear a baseball cap in a lot of my videos is because i had to shower when i got back to wake myself up and i couldn't be fucked to do my hair twice in a day um and then that kind of became part of the image right so started doing it started getting a bit more growth started getting a bit more traction started getting a bit more clients and what i saw this was a way out of having to go into a gym that i wasn't enjoying myself in and funnily enough over time that environment has warmed up to me quite a lot because people now i suppose have quite a lot of respect for what i've done in the last few months and they also feel that they can learn from it um you know and what some people are calling luck I said to you guys before we started recording i utilized my email list to help generate relationships with clients to build clients out of and i started building that list a few years ago and like i said i didn't monetize from my first email for 10 months so i sent a, an email every day of the week for 10 months before i made a penny and i think that that kind of mindset and fucking stubbornness i'd say would be the same thing that i kind of implemented in march and my friend who's in the kitchen now hopefully cooking dinner for me <laughs> she baked me a cake when i made 10,000 followers and we celebrated it like i fucking made it and it was massive for me because she had seen the position i was in um and you know i haven't really told many people about how awful that was and then things started building and i said to her i said to my friends i've, I've kept saying that the table's hot you know i can't stop throwing the dice um so i'm up every day at five i go live every day I post content every day no matter what i've always been you know hitting it as hard as i can and people go do you not run out of things to say and i'm like well no i'm I'm too motivated to, to not let go of this. And, you know, things started picking up and picking up and picking up. But in my head, it was it was always driven and motivated by not having to go home, not having to go back and service hours in a gym. You know, it, it was kind of, it was desperation, I suppose. And I suppose that I responded quite well to that. Yeah, I think it's when, when your back's against the wall, that's when you figure shit out basically like um i think a lot of trainers what they do is they do their personal training they do a little bit online and they never get to that point where they can fully go all in online so what they do is they're like oh i'm going to build up my online so that i can do less pt and i'll do more online and i'll get that flexibility in my life and like you just mentioned there it's exactly the same for, for me is like you're up at 5 a.m you're going to, you know, you're working till maybe eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. People don't see that. People just assume that because you're working online, you're sitting there doing what you want on the sofa, watching TV in the background. It's like, no, that's not what fucking happens. You're at your computer doing your work. And the problem with what happens is people, they do PT, they do their online PT and they're like, oh, I'm going to build up my online PT. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to stop doing PT and do online. But they get to that point where they don't have enough clients online or enough time to, to do what they need to do. So they then go, oh, I'm not making enough money from online. So I've got to carry on doing my PT. And they never make that leap and go, no, fuck it, I'm going all in online. And the reality is you're only going to be able to do that once you've, you've built up a little bit. You might have 10, 15 clients like you mentioned. And you've got to just jump at it. 
like I did that. I left London. I was training clients, cushy lifestyle. And I just went, fuck it. I'm moving. I was like, I had 10 clients, online clients, moved cities. I was like, right, if in three months I don't start making this much money, I'm pretty fucked. And it's that that makes you go, right, I've got to do this. I've got to go all in. Um, and it sounds like exactly what you, the position you've been in. It's like you had no option but to make it work. It's, it's, I, I love to use like rugby analogies, but like if a gap opens, you have to run it. You can't fucking meander at it. You've got to run with the intent that you're going to go through it. And I kind of did that. And a lot of people from the outside, what annoys me is they, they think it's a real sexy job, but I've had to use an app on my laptop called Flux because I was getting headaches from looking at the screen. I was getting in a fucking eye twitch, you know, um, spending huge amounts of time on my phone and, and things like that. And one other thing is that to this point, I've responded to every single email and message in my inbox. I haven't skipped one. And people test me. And they even now email me saying, James, you don't have to reply to this. But I'm like, no, I, I do because that's, that's how I run my business. And again, with that, you never know who's emailing you or messaging you and even things like that. So it's not even just the client base. It's the fact that there's potential prospects. There's people that need help. Everyone gets a detailed response. And people even message me sometimes, go, can you tell James? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Can you tell James? <laughs> this is me responding to you right now. You know, it, and you know, that's also draining and I can't go to sleep at night. I th again, I think I probably got issues. I can't go to sleep without clearing my inboxes. You know, I, yeah. I would hate to, I hate to feel that people, you know, the idea of sleeping, leaving a message for 12, 24 hours, it doesn't sit right with me. And, and again, you can imagine 80,000 followers is a lot of messages that go in a day. I spend, I say to my, my flatmate, he's like, can we go to the beach? I'm like, yeah, give me an hour. I've got to clear my inboxes, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. So again, I think people go, I'd love to be an online trainer. I'm like, <laughs> the only difference is you decrease your neat by a huge amount. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. You're still yep. you're still up. You're still up at stupid o'clock in the morning. You still get to bed late at night. Like, I was doing work before we came on here. It's Sunday morning, eight a.m. Like, yeah. And then a lot of people would be like, "Oh, the grind." Hashtag grind. It's like, no, it's just fucking work. Just <laughs> like, it's not. That's it. There's, there's a reason that you know you, when you work for yourself, you can't really take many days off. It's just that's what happens. Like people think it's glamorous, and um, and it's really not. But um, they're all the heavy questions I had, Tom. I don't know. If yeah, you've I, I think we we've, we've done fifty minutes of heavy heavy shit um yeah yeah let's have some fun <laughs> we're more known in uh our podcasting industry world as the light-hearted kind of podcast let's, of, off uh, let's offend some vegans <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> well uh, wait a minute how, how's emil getting on let's back up. Uh, he's he's doing it but he's not i mean he's not i don't, I don't know if he's enjoying it or not but oh my god I couldn't do it. Like he's just living off pea protein shakes. Yeah. So like, I don't know. One of my, one of my, one of, my co one of the coaches I work with, James, he's um, decided to go vegan for the month. Cause I think it's vegan month or something. <laughs> and he's doing it. Fuck knows why he's doing it, but he's stuck to it to be fair to him for a good, good week and a bit now. Um, but like his Instagram's just literally full of like, He's like, I'm getting all these birds messaging me, being like, so good to see you going vegan. I was like, now I know why you're doing it. I'm not stupid. Yeah, come up, <laughs> fair play. Maybe, maybe there is an angle on this. <laughs> um yeah but yeah um off the back of that then one question we tend to ask i guess is if you could eat one animal for the rest of your life just one what animal so this is this is where you got to weigh in right so you've got different cuts and obviously beef can be like burgers mints steak obviously different cuts that but then you got to go like chicken you got chicken wings thighs breasts all that kind of stuff breaded Ooh. or go or you're going to swine which obviously you got your bacon your pork yeah, anything like I've that. i've got it so. okay. i've got it 
You ready? <laughs> Chicken Kievs. Chicken Kievs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're going you chicken. don't understand. I am a twenty stone bloke in a, probably a seventeen stone bloke body. But no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 twenty stone Bob. I love junk food. I love it. People are like, oh, why would you eat Maccas? I'm like, it's fucking brilliant. Not ten minutes after you've eaten it, but you know, it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be it. You know, if you said one thing, imagine if you were like James, we got zero calorie Kievs. I'd be like, where can I get them? Where can I get them? That's the first time I think we've had chicken as a I choice. Think, yeah, to be honest, yeah. But the Kiev with the garlic butter breadcrumbs. <laughs> it sounds like it's just a, that's the one that's thing. That's the one thing you just want to. Fuck, well, at least I know what I'm doing after this podcast. <laughs> at least I get my knee up running to Woolworths. So get, get one. Yeah. <laughs> so off the back of that, so... In terms of food, um, burgers are, are reasonably popular in Australia. If there's anything that's fast food-wise, obviously you go Mackey D's, but is there any uh, favourite burger joint, any favourite burger topping, oh, any favourite burger that you're going I to? Could tell you, I could tell you all of them. So the number there one in Bondi, the Deliveroo, every place is a burger joint. So it's not like, I went to London, I was like, everywhere's an eat or a pret or, you know, yep. you know, out here, everyone's got their own one. And there's so many burger projects, Bondi Tony's, but there's a place here called Masseleria. You go in, it's a restaurant with a meat counter and you select your meat and they just grill it and bring it out with the best sweet potato fries in the world. Um, and they do a pretty amazing burger as well. It's so easy to get fat here. Like, this is the easiest place to get fat in the world. People are like, yeah, it's full of fitness. People need to with the places you get junk food around here. And the sweet potato fries are out of this world. I don't know what is in Australian soil, but they make good potatoes. <laughs> so what's the best burger topping? Favourite burger? Any, anything on the burger? Oh, it's got to be bacon, bacon and cheese, isn't it? Yeah, bacon and cheese. Solid choice. Yeah, solid choice. We've had some, we've had some shit. Uh, uh, that uh, 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 yeah, absolute crap. Like Emma Story Gordon still weighs in as the the worst answer ever. So um. oh, ketchup. <laughs> Not even that. Gherkins. That was it. Pickles. Pickles. Just, oh, well done. <laughs> so adventurous. Can't wait to see your Insta story, bro. Like, hey guys, today uh, I get pickles. Brilliant. <laughs> And then you get to have a milkshake with that. Yeah, it would have to be the Shake Away Aero Mint milkshake. Aero Mint. Yeah, Aero Mint. Yeah, it, Aero Mint milkshake. Oh, it's fantastic. They blend ice cream and mint arrows together with a bit of ice and a bit of milk. That that sounds decent, Dan. That's that's a do. We've got to do that. You can make you can, you can make yeah, it yeah, at home yeah. actually yeah, as well. Yeah, that'd be decent. Yeah, sounds like worth. That's cool. Worth, give, worth giving that. Post workout. Carbs to, carbs to protein <laughs> ratio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be decent. Um, with bearing in mind, uh, obviously this show is sponsored by Bear Bells, um, protein bars. What is your favourite protein bar off the back of that? So, it's got to be a carb killer, isn't it? Fuck. Yeah, carb killers. You know, mm. yeah, you know, I, I like having Quest bars because I feel like they're not full of sh- as much shit. And I quite like the fact that they're dull and fucking boring. <laughs> I don't like the fact that they got softer because as far they used to be really hard. We used to have a challenge in the gym and I was the only person that did a whole quest bar in under a minute. Do you remember when they were hard? Oh, they, they were yeah, ages. atrocious, really? They, I've, yeah, I thought t- was... took a lot. You couldn't chew them with your front teeth. And, you know, I held that title. Now everyone's got the title. Quest bars obviously sold out to, you know, where, whatever. But carb killers are, you know, I could eat three of them. I have eaten three of them in a go quest not so much so it has to be the carb killer if i'm honest and you know it's quite nice to have a nice tasting protein bar that's not loaded loaded with like soy protein and e-numbers that you know i don't even know what they are 
Um, so yeah, it has to be that. And the Jaffa Quake one was sick. I was kind of hoping it wouldn't be, but it was good. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really disappointed with that. I thought they could have gone with a real nice dark chocolate, real nice thick bit of orange through the middle, and it was just a bit more of like a. Do you remember chocolate orange club biscuits? It was more like one of those. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think you already know the answer to this question as well, but I thought I'd ask it anyway. Australia or England? It, you know what? I Australia's brilliant. Even the things that so the negatives, spiders, I've only seen one. Snakes, I haven't seen any. Uh women, Jesus. You're not ready for that. Um, but the the culture, so in Sydney, what I like the most is they have a lockout law where you can't get booze after midnight. And I love that. I went to see Carl Cox and he played a set at 10pm. I was home by half 12. You know, you get a full night's sleep. And coming to Australia, I've never appreciated sleep so much. You know that in the UK, there is this gap between day session and night session. And no one's talking about it, right? Here, the bouncers get on the door for a club at 7pm. You go straight from your day session to your night session. You, you finish up. You're getting girls in headlocks at 10 p.m., you know, <laughs> and that's how it should be. All this pre-drinking to 11 p.m., people aren't thinking of circadian rhythms here. You know, out here, people are getting their sleep and, you, you know, you, you're more active on a Sunday. You wake up hanging like a cow's udder, but you've got six hours sleep and you can still make brecco and a walk at the beach. So as far as lifestyle, I, I love that. Also, it's more socially acceptable to skateboard here. Um, <laughs> and... Honestly, it's my best way of getting about a few stacks here and there, but you've got to roll with the punches. <laughs> Sounds like Tom. Tom's got a scooter in London. I don't know how the fuck that works. Like a little pe- a little pedaled scooter. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's fuck? great. You have that? <laughs> you, the, the cities become small places when you've got modes of transport like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but in, in London, you can't move anywhere on it. That's my point. Like, at least in Australia, I imagine it's a little bit easier to get around. You, you have, yeah, you so clearly haven't got skills. If I do... If I do filming in the city, I'll skateboard that in because it's mostly downhill, so I don't have to see anyone on the trains or public transport. Just have to weave in and out of you know a lot of a lot of Asian people here, and they've they've got some work on their spatial awareness. It's not racist, it's true. Um, you know they've almost knocked me off a few times, but then on the way back uphill, get the train, and it's not busy. <laughs> so if anything, it's it's a fantastic means of travelling about. Um, and yeah, it's not too congested here. There's not as many people in, in Sydney as London. So you haven't got to worry about oh, tubes and all that. Tubes, the London Underground stresses me out. A reason to get up early in the morning and be a successful person is so that I never have to take the tube or the London Underground. Yeah. Which is, which yeah, is I why I either cycle or scoot to work, Dan, which I don't have to take the Underground. It's just, yeah, gross. Yeah, it's pretty mean. <laughs> I'd, I'd get up half an hour earlier in the morning when I used to work there just so I could avoid getting on the tube between seven and eight. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. That's why you got six o'clock clients. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that we've, we've left uncovered, James, that you want to say? Your cl- closing statement, anything you want to talk about before we finish up? Um, you know, probably a lot of trainers will be listening to this and, you know, they're probably thinking about you know, that the kind of gaps that I've taken and hopefully, you know, I really hope that they, they kind of take home that message that you work hard, you, you commit to something. It's, it's not, it's not luck. You make your own luck kind of thing. And that's the, so there's been a bit of neggy press recently in the last couple of weeks, but you know, it, people love to fill the gaps and they love to make up excuses. But at the end of the day, you just, you just got to work hard. It's the same as natural bodybuilding. 
takes more time than you think. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you're not going to see results all the time, you know? And, uh, yeah. So for them, I, I just kind of hope that they'll listen. And they'll be like, all right, cool. Less of the shit. I need to, you know, just work a bit harder. I think it's one of those where in this industry, there's so many people that need our help. Like that you can have 80,000, hundred thousand followers. There's still shitloads of people you're missing out on or whatever. And there's enough people to go around to help. Um, and, the problem with this industry is you get a lot of people who just want the quick success, so they copy someone else's stuff. And like you meant, like you mentioned with your stuff, is people are just going to try and replicate it. And the reality is, you've got to do what what is yours, and you've got to have your personality. You've got to do your own thing, otherwise it won't come across real. Like we like we mentioned before we came on, like it's obvious to see when it's not real and it's not you, and you've just copied it from someone else because you don't really know the reasoning why you know the reason behind things and why someone's decided to do that or why they do three videos a week and all that sort of stuff and i think that the biggest thing is that there's enough people out there for us all to help we can't be tearing each other down having a go being negative like there's enough people to go around um uh, yeah, just focus yeah. on your own shit and be good at what you do and don't just copy someone else's stuff um yeah, yeah. cool well that's uh, everything that uh, i kind of wanted to go over so um yeah um yeah i think so to everybody who might not know james what are your instagram facebook anything you want to spout out exactly because i know off the back of uh souk city did fucking well off the back of our podcast with his uh, online fitness business stuff um yeah still need to cut that down it's amazing we socially got a cut <laughs> unreal so people um, signing up for academy whatever what they want to do instagram's james smith underscore training don't take no responsibility for what goes on that story um, <laughs> i've got little control over it I, I even have friends that i consider loose people and they go james you've got to take that story down <laughs> so you got that on uh, on facebook it's it's james smith and um www.jamessmithacademy.com you know if you're if you're general pop and you want to learn a little bit more about the fundamental basics it's, it's 20 pounds a month i mean 66p a day it's fucking not not that expensive and it's it's actually becoming a bit more of a community where you know a lot of people just they want to talk and we're about actually tomorrow or today we're rolling out uh, an aspect of it where people turn on their gps location they can see people in the town who are also in the academy and they can train with them and it's even going to get to the point that we're going to get coaches in big cities to we're going to pay them from the academy to take these people for training. So, you know, it's it's an exciting and evolving project that I'm running. And, you know, if people want to check it out, there's more information on the site. And that's, they're my plugs. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I go, I've, I've looked at a lot of James's videos for the academy stuff and it, it looks really interesting. I'd definitely go check it out if uh, anyone wants to back it. I do a lot of education myself, mate. Um, so, yeah, go go have a look at what he's doing. It, it looks decent, mate. Okay. Cool. I might be tapping you lads up for a bit of content. You know, one of you nutritionists, one of you biomechanics. I'll be knocking on your door. We'll be, we'll be exchanging. But yeah, thank you very much for having me today. No worries, buddy. Um, anything from Team Box you want to go through, Daniel? All good? No, mate, all good. Uh, group coaching is live now as well. So if you want to lose weight in six weeks or 10 weeks, you want to find out exactly why you're losing weight. Um, <laughs> being in a calorie deficit, as James talks about all the time. Um, yeah, we obviously go through all that sort of stuff. And um yeah, if you need to head over to the website, check it out. Um, but yeah, more on, more on that over the next four weeks, I guess, until we launch it in the middle of September. Yeah, um, my group coaching, so group programming, nothing to do with fucking nutrition, can't bother with that. Um, we're just doing group programming, is live. Um, so I've got my five guys that I wanted. 
no space at the moment, so it's an open another in another eight weeks. Um, all on the back of that, and uh, hats off to George who I who reached out to me. <laughs> I think um, one of our mates. Um, Daniel, and then I went and just fucking looked at a squat for a day. Um, just really cool. Went down to gym box. It was interesting. The nightclub? Yeah, it's basically like a nightclub. I had yeah. no idea yeah. what I was doing there. Like, it was unreal. Very, very different vibe to where I'm normally working. But, yeah, it was cool. They reached out to me um, in London, went and had a look at a squat, fixed some stuff, see what's going to happen. So, that's just a listener of the podcast. You're a genius, guys. Tom. You're Absolutely genius, fine. Mate. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Cheers, James, for coming on, and uh, everybody go check out his stuff. Obviously, go follow down on Instagram, go buy some Bear Bells, and uh, go follow everything that we're doing, guys. All right, thanks for listening, guys. See you, guys.